Bonjour. Welcome to the Cognac Expert Calendar podcast, hosted by Taylor. So today I'm joined by Seth and Therese from Cognac Bertrand. How are you guys doing today? We are very well. We are very excited to be here. <laughs> doing great. Thanks for the invitation. So I ask the same question to everyone I'm talking to in these calendar podcasts. Who are you and what do you do? So we are Cognac Bertrand, producers of Cognac and Pinot de Charente. We are family owned and operated since 1731. I'm Therese Bertrand and with my brother Samuel and my husband Seth here with me, we are the last generation in our family to continue the work and the tradition for making Cognac. Can you introduce uh, the product that we're tasting today? Yes, we are very, very excited to introduce Héritage Number no. 2. So most of you probably already know Héritage Number no. 1. So this is the second one. This is a brand new release because I don't have any recollection of a Héritage Number no. 2 before. No, you, you are the first one to know. So this is a single lot cask strength, and it's 100% Petite Fine Champagne, as this is where we are located. And it comes 100% from our estate. Okay. Are there any similarities between Heritage number two and Heritage number one? So we're going to see a fair bit of similarities because this Heritage number two, it's a single lot and it comes from the same lot as our Heritage number one. When we discovered this lot, we decided to do our first bottling of this really nice cognac that we found. We wanted to preserve what was remaining of the lot to see what we would do with it after. So this is our second bottling, having left the product to continue doing its work while the first lot was being enjoyed by people like the listeners of this podcast. And so when was Heritage number one bottled? I think. I want to say it was about two years ago. About two, year, two three right. years ago. I'd say three years ago almost now. It okay. was definitely pre-COVID. So basically, if I understand correctly, Heritage number two is just the continuation in the evolution of Heritage number one. I think that's a fair framing. I would tend more towards describing it as an evolution than a continuation because the the product that was not bottled yet, it continued to have the, the angel share doing its work, etc. So this lot, for example, has a slightly lower ABV than the first bottling of Eritage because part of the work of the angel share is to reduce that degree alcohol by, by evaporation. So that's one thing that we're going to notice, which is different, for example. This cognac was made by my grandfather and he saw the potential of it and set it aside really in the 60s for a long period of e aging. And we happened to taste it when we, we received a group of cognac geeks. That's how we we call them and we call ourselves. <laughs> in this case, they were from Norway and they just fell in love with several barrels. And we decided to set this lot aside and say, okay, this is what we're going to call the heritage because it really is the heritage from my grandfather. So th this is something that we, I particularly am very proud of. So did you know about these barrels? I mean, I, I assume you did, or was it kind of a discovery? When we took over our family business, because my grandfather had died relatively young and my grandmother was left alone to continue working in the estate, she stopped selling a lot of these cognac. So they were sort of set aside. And when we came, we realized that we had 
a whole lot of treasure to share. I see. To speak to the more specifically the discovery, one of my or probably my most important job here is to decide what goes into the bottles. We had a visit, the story of the Eritage. We were working with our core range and we had a visit from some people from Norway who really love these Brut de Food cognacs. And they asked if they could taste some of the different lots that we have. And we were going through looking at them. I pulled the lot that has become our Eritage because it's one that I, I personally particularly liked and I put it in front of them and they loved it. They loved it. So it was in part the discovery internally for us, the recognition of that from a consumer, that from an aficionado that really gave us a lot of confirmation. Right. I see. Maybe a more general question. What goes into the decision to bottle something at cask strength versus bottling something, you know, with a reduction, maybe at 43 or 42 or 40? So the lot we identified that and then the question was to leave it at cask strength or to bring it down. And then I made some tests. So we had it in the cask around 49 and I made a sample that brought it down to 47, a sample that brought it down to 45 and a sample to 43. And then we did a tasting of it. And something that we noticed was that as soon as we added water to bring it down, the mouthfeel and the experience changed completely, even just bringing it down one or two degrees of alcohol. And that's part of what we find really impressive, really remarkable about this Eritage is because it delivers this really intense experience, but the mouthfeel and the nose are incredibly light at the same time. And we believe that's because all of that reduction has been from evaporation. That lightness with the complexity and the intensity is what makes it a really remarkable cognac. And the water took that away. So that was one really big reason why we said it's the way it wants to be and we're not going to muck around with it. Something which I think is also quite important is that this cognac was distilled you know, by my grandfather, but like in the old ways with small wood fire stills then aged in red casks, how it was done in the old days. Certainly the wood fired part of it, that's extremely old school. The vast majority of producers nowadays will use gas fired stills. It allows for a more precise control of the heat. The wood fired stills are gonna not be as consistent with the heat that's provided. For the size of the still, it is my understanding generally that a smaller still will produce like a more intense or more complex bone chauffe. The chauffe de van is the first distillation and the bone chauffe is the second distillation. Great. So before we get to a, a tasting note of this heritage number two, you mentioned that it's a petit fin champagne. I, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with fin champagne. Uh, yes. Is there a difference? And can you explain? So when I say petit fin champagne, it's mostly because my grandfather always called it like that. For some of you who know the different cru, the different parts of our terroir, it's literally, it's the same thing as 100% petit champagne. We are allowed to use the word fin in front of champagne, but it's not the same as fin champagne. Okay. Understood. Fin champagne is just a mix of grand and petit champagne, but we are 100% petit champagne. So now uh, let's, let's get to a tasting note. Folks are going to be getting their first introduction to this Heritage number two. So mm -hmm. can you describe the nose, please? 
So Steph is going to to talk a little bit more in detail, but I just wanted to say that in terms of the nose, when you have such an old cognac, you can actually find different layers on the nose. This is the reason why sometimes we, we talk about first nose and a second nose. I have my little glass of a very touch here. We're going to talk about it with the tasting. I have mine too. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll start with the nose. It's a really intense nose. There's a lot of intensity and complexity. Amazingly light. Really incredible lightness. The word that I always get in my mind is velvet. It has a very velvety experience to me. I get a lot of really nice fruit with flower notes, floral notes up front. And then I smell those other two families of spice and wood, which are kind of underneath. But as we leave the cognac in the glass and we come back for a second nose, it's had time to open up, those underlying notes of spice and wood might surface. They might emerge and then go back down. But the interesting thing is that they're all there. The other really important generality here is that we're talking about rancio a lot. People might've heard of rancio. Rancio is something that you only get in very old cognacs. We have a friend who describes it as the definition of rancio. So if you want the experience of rancio, this is a good one. In terms of maybe more specific aromas that I'm getting here personally, it's like a really fine, lightly toasted, pure butter brioche with a really nice, intense, like homemade confiture of apricot with a little bit of vanilla. For the taste, for the palate, we think about the experience of the intensity of your experience over time. I'm gonna get stewed fruit or like the like fruit that you would use to make like a, a really good homemade fruit preserves with some spicy notes as it comes up to the peak, uh, a little bit of underlying wood. After that peak of the intensity, it's gonna give way to those really nice fruit aromas with a touch of honey and some floral notes. And that spiciness that peaked with intensity is gonna be kind of simmering there underneath, but it's not in front anymore. Um, the finish is really long, enduring, stays with you for a long time. And that nice, light, velvety mouthfeel stays with you throughout. Even if tasting is a personal experience, it can at least give the listeners and the tasters an idea of what they might expect. And then everybody can have their own personal experience. This sounds like a fantastic product. I'm truly thrilled that it's in our calendar. It sounds like a great cognac to put on the table at the holiday meals we're about to have. Yes, that, that sounds like a great idea. You know, of course, this is very personal for us, but I, I really truly think that my grandfather would be delighted to know that all of his work and all of his passion and dedication is now put into a bottle and that actually people can taste it and share it. And I think that's amazing. And to build on that, the audience that you have for this podcast, the people who are participating in this calendar experience are exactly the kind of people who know and love and appreciate a really good cognac. And I know that Terry's grandfather would especially appreciate that because the people who are going to be enjoying it are also people who will really enjoy it. Uh, this has been great. I, I thank you both uh, for your time and your thoughtful responses. I wish thank you both. You. Uh, I wish you both the uh, très bonne fête. Happy holidays. Uh, in yes. French. Joyeux Noël à tous. Merci beaucoup, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in the Charente soon. Merci, merci. Okay. À très bientôt. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Cognac Expert Calendar podcast. All bottles of this calendar can be found on cognacexpert.com. Tomorrow is another day, another cognac.
Au revoir.